Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome back to all our returning listeners. Today, Susan is going to be talking with Carrie Beckert from Anchor Collegiate. And just so you know, Carrie used to work with us here at Parent to Parent at the Military Child Education Coalition, and now she owns her own business, and she has just a wealth of knowledge for our military parents who are getting ready to send your child off to college. So I know you're going to look forward to what Carrie has to share with us today. I do want to let you know that if you haven't already subscribed, this is only going to be part one in a series with Carrie, so I highly suggest you subscribe so that you can get access to that bonus episode content that Carrie's going to share in an upcoming podcast. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed already and get ready to listen in to Susan and Carrie as they talk to us about things like FAFSA and grants and scholarships and getting our military kiddos ready for college. So thanks everybody. Welcome everyone to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Susan Sellers. I'm the spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, master parent-to-parent educator, and now a podcast host at the Military Child Education Coalition. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about top tips military families need to know for their college-bound student. Carrie Beckert is the owner and principal in Anchor Collegiate, a boutique college counseling firm working with achievement-oriented students and their parents. In the last 10 years, she has successfully collaborated with over 250 students, giving her clientele the knowledge, organizational skills, and industry insight to help them successfully navigate the competitive and stressful college admissions and financial aid process. As the wife of a 30-year Army veteran, she understands both professionally and personally the diverse and complicated educational resume of the military child. Working with military-connected families, helping their students find a campus community which values their contributions and presence is part of her company's mission. Carrie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here to work with the MSEC once again. Well, how did you find your way into this line of work? Well, it's interesting. I am a wife of a recently retired active duty service member. We were stationed different places around the globe. We had two children. And what I was finding when we started looking at academic planning and the admissions process is that the students in the civilian communities, which surrounded where we were posted at the time, did not really have the same experience as our children, obviously, but also did not have the same academic and extracurricular resume that our children had, and I was concerned that when we took their academic resume and we, and we put it into a college admissions application, it wouldn't reflect who they were, and there was a certain amount of, I don't know how to say it, a misunderstanding about what it's like to be a military child. So 
I was working for the Military Child Education Coalition at the time, writing curriculum and running a program for the National Garden Reserve, working closely with parent to parent. And I was looking at all the information that MSEC had gathered, and I really felt like I could do more. And I started researching college admissions. This is around the time my oldest daughter was a sophomore in high school, and um, it led me to get my certification through UCLA in college admissions counseling and then eventually start my own company, Anchor Collegiate. I just really felt drawn to empowering military children in the college admissions process, not just my own, but others. Well, that sounds fantastic how an interest with MSEC paralleled into a passion that it sounds that you have for the college-bound students. And speaking as a parent of two high schoolers myself, College is a frequent topic of conversations in our household. The entire experience, though, of college admissions seems to be different than what we experienced growing up. Can you share a little bit about how things have changed? Sure. I I certainly think that um, for most parents who attended college, and there are many parents who did not attend college who came into the Army or came into the service through different means, that their college experience was uh, pretty laid back. It was all done with pen and ink, and it was a relatively regional application process. Um, You know, where I am from the Northeast, and I applied to schools where my friends had applied to schools, and really I was in the Connecticut area, and I applied only as far south as Virginia and maybe as far north as I think it was Massachusetts, and I only applied to five schools. And the and the application process was uh, relatively simple. You you submitted your transcripts. You took the SAT. Where I'm from, uh, the ACT wasn't even in the mix at the time. And chances were you got admitted to a couple of schools, and you picked one. And there were very few college visits. There was very few. Demonst- uh, moments for demonstrated interest. It was a pretty easy application process. These days, um, the national average, depending on the state, can run anywhere from 11 to 22 applications. Students are applying all over the nation. They are not geographically uh, regional as they once were. They're applying uh, to thinking about the college application process as early as eighth grade, making sure their academic transcripts their academics themselves and their extracurriculars are refined so they feel like they have their best chance to get into a competitive school for them. I think there's a lot more pressure on kids to get into those named schools these days. And, you know, we're finding that the application process is much more competitive. When I was applying to college, um, the average admissions, percentage for the Ivy League institutions was around 15%. Last year, both Harvard and Yale were under 5% admissions rate, or around 5% admissions rate. So, you know, we're we're talking about it's super competitive now, and colleges are taking into consideration other variables. Certainly, they want a college campus and community that accurately reflects the, the world around them. So, geographic diversity, first-generation students, bilingual students, students from other countries, 
students with different ethnicity and religious backgrounds, family backgrounds, are certainly taken into consideration uh, in the application process, as well they should be, because we do want our college students on campuses that look like the rest of the world. Well, it certainly sounds like it's a lot more in-depth and a lot more complicated, certainly than when I went to school. And I know you mentioned earlier that, you know, military families have a, a unique lifestyle that we live, and so much so that you've, you've actually written a blog that talks about top tips that we as military parents can incorporate in our pursuit for finding advanced education for our kids. Um, could you share a little bit more about um, why you decided to come up with this and where we can find the, this extensive list? Sure. I'll hit a few of the my, my top things. Um, we, we have to look at lots of things when we're looking at um, college admissions and what families should consider. And it really is a conversation that, that students need to have with their parents at the beginning of their college interest. So I, I always like to say to parents, you know, as they start high school, start having, you know, non-stressful conversations about college, asking organic questions in conversation about, oh, is that something you're interested in studying after high school? Or, you know, how do you, what do you see yourself doing when you, when you graduate from college? And, and those sort of organic conversations can sort of put some parameters on the college search for the family and take some considerations in. Um, I always encourage parents to have an open conversation about costs, what they can afford, what they expect the child to pay for, and, you know, if there is are college savings plans or any money that has been set aside for college, because I think that can certainly direct the college search process. Um, you know, location can be an issue for many of our families. They are not stationed in their home state or near family. And so we have to look at residency, which varies from state to state and school to school, unfortunately. And we also have to look at um, program of study, you know, where might they find the program of study or studies that they may be interested in. Um, these are certainly things that we want to look at when we're looking at placing students into college because we want them to be successful, we want them to graduate in four years and to find, you know, uh, important work after they graduate. So to be able to work in their field or have the beginnings of a career as they graduate from college. And all those things should go into their college search at the beginning. And and I, I go into more depth on my blog. You can find my blog through uh, my website, which is www.anchorcollegiate.com. Um, and I'm always having a conversation on my Facebook page about what we should look for in colleges and, you know, the best fit for each student. What's good for one student is not necessarily good for another. And that's something parents really have to understand. Susan, I know you have two children, and, and I'm sure they're different, as all children are. You know, what's great for one of your children may not be the perfect place for the other. No, absolutely. Trying to find the best fit for your, your child, I think, is a challenge for us all. But in earlier, you had mentioned the cost of college, and that certainly has changed over the years. I think I, I saw a recent statistic that said, on average, colleges can cost anywhere between ten and 35000 and And I don't even believe that's for some of the private schools. That's just for some of the public schools. And 
I love to, to stress that you said have the conversation early about money and how school is going to be paid for, not at the end of the college search. So speaking of the cost of colleges, I'm going to bring up a word that causes a lot of people to shudder. Um, I know it certainly makes me uh, cringe a little bit, and the word is FAFSA. For those that are new to the college game, FAFSA, I'm sorry? No, I'm just laughing because it does make, it even makes me as a college admissions counselor, it makes me shudder. <laughs> Absolutely. FAFSA stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. This is a form that helps determine the eligibility for financial aid for our military kids and for all kids applying to college. So Carrie, what should our military parents be considering when they're looking into financial aid for college? It's a great question, Susan. And I think that, you know, the price tag of college these days is exorbitant. And when you look at some schools across the nation, their tuition room and board, which we call the cost of attendance, the cost of attendance at some of these schools is over $70,000 a year, which is more than some houses cost in uh, parts of the country. So it's a significant amount of money if you're looking at, you know, upwards of $300,000 for four years of education for uh, a student. I'm, I'm not, I don't know about you, but I certainly, with two children, did not have more than a half a million dollars set aside for college tuition and fees, room and board, uh, travel expenses. So I, I was a little shell-shocked when I first saw the price tag of college. And, and like you said before, it's really important that parents understand that uh, it's a conversation to have with your student at the beginning of their college search process because those parameters are so important to set. Um, what I will tell you about private colleges is that many times private schools have more money to give away than the public institutions. Public schools are guided by state regulation, federal regulation, and how much money they have in their budget could be depend on how well the state is doing. Um, right now, California universities, state universities are having a hard time making ends meet because California is having such a difficult time fiscally. So they may be a little bit more stingy with their financial aid for out-of-staters or uh, those who may be on the uh, cusp of needing financial aid. So um, when you look at colleges, don't be turned off by the price tag. The best thing to do is look at what the average amount of financial aid students get. And that's a great question to um, ask when you're visiting the campus, you know, don't be afraid to ask, you know, what's the average cost of attendance for a student at your school? Because just like most military um, families, we don't like to pay retail. And if retail on a public institution is $30,000, but the average cost of attendance is 15 or 70 for a private institution, but the average cost of attendance is maybe 32, then those numbers become a little bit more manageable. So we certainly want to look at cost of attendance. And you can find that information, tons of websites. websites. They, they have to publish it on their, the, by federal regulation, the average cost of attendance has to be somewhere on the school's website. So you can always go to the school's website, put it in the search box, and look for the average cost of attendance. Uh, it's usually a year or two old, depending on how they gather information, but it could give you a ballpark. 
number. And um, certainly you can go to the College Board website and look at the, the school information there. And then the Department of Education also has a couple of websites, and I will certainly give them to you, and you can share those websites. They're pretty long, and I don't want to get into it uh, speaking, um, and you can share them at the end of the blog um, online. So as far as the FAFSA goes, I will tell you that free application for federal student aid is easier than it's ever been uh, for everyone, not just military families. There, uh, as of two years ago, you were able to import your tax information from the IRS for most people, and that makes filling out the FAFSA much, much easier. Uh, before 2009, no, 2010, when they updated the FAFSA, it would take you about four hours to do it. And I think the average time these days is about an hour and a half. So although it's a substantial amount of time to spend doing some financial aid, uh, paperwork. It's certainly uh, a great uh, tool to find out what you, uh, what the, what the government feels you can afford towards college. I, I would certainly also look at what they call your expected family contributions. So your EFC is the number that after you fill out the FAFSA, they spit it out to you. Uh, it's usually uh, it can be anywhere from zero to the full cost of attendance. Um, or what they find the full cost of attendance would be, the average cost. So, But usually it's a relatively accurate number. You know, military families sometimes look at their EFCs and go, there's no way I can afford that. But, um, you know, with savings uh, for colleges, 529, um, many times it's a relatively accurate uh, number. I will tell you that the FAFSA does penalize savers, and I know military families on a whole um, are savers, and so you have to take that into consideration. Um, they do uh, take a look at what you have in the bank as an asset that can go towards uh, educating your child. Well, that's a lot to consider, and I know I'm going to remember these tips when we have to finally tackle the financial aid beast. Um, so continuing on the topic of paying for college colleges. I'm seeing a lot of advertising for scholarships and grants right now. Can you share your thoughts on these topics? Sure. Scholarships and grants are a great way to offset the cost of college. There's a lot of scholarships out there for uh, military students. Uh, every every base and post around the world has a spouses club and they normally have scholarship money to give away. Uh, most privatized uh, military community management companies like Pacern and Balfour Beatty have big scholarships, and then the commissary Stecca has a scholarship, and then many veterans organizations have scholarship possibilities there. Uh, the Military Officers Association of America, MOA, has uh, grants and no interest loans that they uh, you can apply for through their organization. So there's tons of opportunities out there to supplement what you have in the bank with scholarship money. And I always tell students to apply for the smaller scholarships. Small, and, and this is, of course, part of the Chart Your Course and the College Application Process Workshop. You know, those smaller scholarships make a difference um, because many times for uh, 
smaller amounts of money, money, let's say, under the 2000 to $2,500 that you would receive, schools won't take that into account against the financial aid that they're um, providing. So if you get $500 or $750 from a spouse's club, that money can be applied as part of the money you owe the college as opposed to part of the money that the college holds on their side. So it, it can make a difference. And when you think about it, it takes two or three hours to fill out a scholarship application for a student, uh, maybe a little bit more if there's an essay involved, and you're earning $1,000, well, you're making you know about $250 an hour filling out those scholarship applications. And I'm pretty sure there's not a teenager in the world who makes that much money babysitting or mowing lawns. No, definitely. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Every dollar really does make a difference. And especially if you can take that money and offset your family's cost of the college tuition. So thank you for mentioning the, those smaller scholarship opportunities that are out there. Hey everybody, this is Tara, the producer. As I mentioned in my intro in the beginning, this is going to be just part one in a series with Carrie. So if you would like to listen in on more about choosing schools and some great information when it comes to what colleges are look, looking for, I suggest that you subscribe so you can get access to that bonus content and so that you can uh, listen in more for what Carrie has to say. So thank you all so much for joining us today. I did wanna point out that we have some webinars on these same topics. One was called FAFSA and CSS, and it was recorded yesterday by Susan and Louise live, but you can access it for free on our website, the pre-recorded webinar, and it also has free resources at www.militarychild.org backslash webinars. If you wanna join us for a live webinar, so it'll be next Wednesday, January 30th at 12 Eastern Standard Time, there's going to be a webinar on using grants and scholarships. So that's another topic that is really re relevant. If you're listening to this after the live showing, we do record all of these webinars and you can go on and participate for free and get the free resources at any time. So thank you all for joining us. Listen in for follow-up uh, with Carrie and Susan as they talk more about choosing schools and what colleges are looking for in their students. Thanks, everybody. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.